Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brenda and Randy Lee. Hello. Always wonderful to be with you. And with you as well. And we have a happy... And Brenda here. And Brenda especially. Yes. I was away for a while. You too, Randy. Brenda's... (laughs) Easier to love. Just a little bit easier. Just a little bit. And we're going to talk about something... I think it's a happy topic... Valentine's Day. That's right. So so we've got the whole Valentine's Day thing coming up, right, going on. Valentine's thing. Yep. And and I figured everyone is talking about candy and flowers and roses and jewelry, romantic dinners, right? Those topics are all taken. So how about we talk about something really romantic like salt and light switches? Ooh. Right? Right? So have you ever eaten with someone who always goes for the salt shaker the moment the meal is served? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't even try the food first, right? Mm-hmm. Why would anyone do that? Right? Habit or I don't know. I don't know. There, there's just this assumption that no matter how anything tastes, salt will make it taste better. Better, right? Right? Knowing salt will make anything taste better, why waste even a bite without at least some additional salt, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the light switch thing makes somewhat more sense. You, you open the door, the room is dark, you know, what do you do? You flip on the light, the light switch. In fact, where do we always put the light switch? Right by the door. Right by the door, exactly, right? Crossing the room would be impossible if the light switch wasn't there. Right? It's the light that makes the darkness passable. I feel like I'm passing a test today. Always. Always. Right? But anyway, so we've got salt that makes everything flavorful. We've got light that pierces the darkness, right? So Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount, right? He's rattling off the Beatitudes, blessed be these, blessed be those. Mm -hmm. Almost none of the blessed people are anyone any of us would want to be, right? Right. And all of a sudden, he looks into the eyes of one of his disciples, right? One of the people who's gathered there. And and Jesus suddenly stops with all the blessed, just stops. And he looks into this person's eyes, and Jesus becomes distracted. In the middle of one of his biggest speeches, Jesus meets eyes with this person, and he just stops, and he says, you... You are the salt of the earth. When I look into your eyes, you make everything better. Your eyes, your eyes are the light of the world. Just looking into your eyes pierces my darkness. Right? I, I think we read this, and the temptation is to totally miss the point, fail to see this dynamic. Right? We read Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, and we think God is saying he's got work for us to do in the world, right? Go be salt, go be light. You haven't been doing a good job of it so far, but go restore your saltness, your savor. You know, get out from underneath the bushel basket and light up the world and make sure I get credit for it when you do, right? (laughs) That's the way we take it. Mm -hmm. And all the time Jesus is really saying, do you have any idea how crazy in love I am with you. How valuable you are to me. You are my salt. 
I hunger for a world that's largely indifferent to me. But you, you make that world a gourmet meal. Every day I'm criticized, lied about, accused, demeaned. But you, one look into your eyes and pierces all my darkness. Right? We have these these very odd visions of Jesus and God the Father, right? These very stoic characters, bearded guys in white robes sitting on the thrones, right? Life's kind of boring, but but that's life even when you're God, you know? But God's not stoic at all. I think we have emotions so we can understand that God has emotions. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think we forget that. Maybe I should just say, speak for myself. Why do I think that sometimes that God is so stoic mm-hmm. that, you know, he wouldn't lower himself mm-hmm. to the emotional, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. level? Yeah. I mean, you think about it. We were made in his image, right? right. So, so if we have emotions, he had them first, mm-hmm. right? Matthew 9.36, right? Christ encounters the crowds. Help, they were told they're helpless, they're harassed. In the words of our time, they're all depressed and anxious, Right. And Matthew tells us Jesus was moved with pity for them. And Mark, yeah. he was moved mm-hmm. with compassion for them. Remember, he wept at Lazarus. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. To see the sorrow yes. of the world, Jesus, yes. the, the sorrow of his children, right? Jesus hungers, hungers to gather his beloved, his people to himself. Mm-hmm. God experiences longing. When he says, you are the salt of the earth, but when salt has lost its savor, how shall its salt must be restored? I think he's saying, can we please return to that place where you found me exciting? You know, I, I, I always go back to, you said a couple of times that, that light pierces the darkness. I mean, you look at the dark corners in our own lives and do we just settle with like, yep, they're just there, you know, or... Do we make an effort to seek the light? Because mm-hmm. it is so uplifting. I mean, we were walking the other day. It was a cloudy day. And all of a sudden, you look up and the cloud shifted and it was a, a beautiful blue. And yeah. boy, how uplifting. Yeah. You know, and people have been saying, have you noticed at 5 o'clock it's getting lighter? Your yes, spirit yes. just... So the light of Christ, how strong is that? And can we seek that and just say... I'm seeking that today, the yeah. light of Christ. How powerful. And there, there's nothing more enlightening in Christ or, if, or, or for us mm-hmm. than being loved. I mean, you think about it. If, if you feel as if you are in suddenly in a loving relationship, mm-hmm. completely transforms everything else in your life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can see Christ in that moment saying, do you remember when your love Kind of like, Brenda, when you're talking about the sky exploding blue. Do you remember when your love exploded in response to mine, right? Jesus' love is never tame, right? He encounters his beloved, and there is this explosion of healing all around him. In the Gospels, it always, like, yeah. like he encounters his beloved, and boom, everything just explodes in, in healing and grace, right? And it's supposed to be the same with us. We encounter Christ's love. There should be an explosion of love, of healing all around us as well. I mean, Brenda had this, this great line the other day. It sort of echoes something that, that 
Ella, you were talking about before we, we got on the air about you and, and your grandchild. Brenda said the other day, I am so blessed today. I get to start my day taking my grandchildren for a walk. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you ever wonder why morning mass is such a thing in the church? It's because God wants to say, wow, I get to start my day today being consumed mm-hmm. by my children, by, by my beloved. Mm-hmm. Right? If God didn't want to be consumed right by you, if God didn't want to be consumed by you, why would he become food? Right. Right? Then why? Why do that if you don't want to be consumed? If God didn't want a personal relationship with you, why would he become a person? Right. right? I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? Right? Why, why be Emmanuel, God with us, right, if you don't want to be with us, right? Why not just be God looking down on us, Right? John 15, 11, Jesus makes this mind-blowing statement. I came so that my joy may be in you, mm-hmm. and your joy may be complete. Right? Jesus came to share his joy with us. Right? The connect with us through, right? that Jesus wants to connect with us through his joy. Jesus' joy is completed through loving us. You know, sometimes I meditate on that. I think, you know, why did Jesus give us himself as food? I mean, on the on paper, it seems very odd. Mm-hmm. I think just a lot of people, maybe it still does. But, you know, if you ever held your child and had the sensation, I love this baby so much, I could just eat you up. I used mm-hmm. to say that to my yeah. I'll eat you up, I love you so. Right. And prior to that, your spouse, mm-hmm. you love them, so you want to be as close to them as possible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Without getting into details. Mm-hmm. And so, for Jesus to say, how do I give myself mm-hmm. in a way to... I mean, I just can't, it just makes sense to me when you look at it that way, when Mm -hmm. you sequence it out that way, that he would give us himself as food because he wants us, he wants to be part of us, literally, right? I mean, I think you're exactly, and and I think this is something that you guys are going to understand a lot better than me, but, but what is the foundation of the maternal relationship? What, what sets the stage for creates the mother's love, mother's bond. It's nine months when that child is inside of her, mm-hmm. right? When when that child is nourished by her, through her, mm-hmm. in blood against blood, right? And and what is if if that's the foundation for for I mean, arguably the most profound love that we have on this side of the veil. Right, mother to child, right, and and if that's the foundation for the best that we do, right, not to demean the marital relationship, but but that's that's a pretty strong bond, right. I mean, that's made in the image of God, yeah, right. God, God want God builds our foundational yeah. relationship with Him mm-hmm. through that same kind of intimacy. Intimacy. Yeah. I will be in you, and you will be yes. in me. Mm-hmm. 
it's understandable. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. he shows us, he doesn't just tell us, right? He shows us through that incredible bond of husband and wife where two become one flesh, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we're in, you know, a, and, and pregnancy and child, you are, not I would say in tune, but you are in the womb of the mother. Inside. And so here Jesus is, gives himself as food to literally become part of us. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Well, I mean, you started to kind of mouth the word, and it was that this is a love relationship that is inflamed. Yes. And that's what we need to be. We need to be thinking. That's what he's seeking, a relationship that is inflamed. All right. Well, before we flame out here, I've got to stop and take a break. But we'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to The Family Show on Holy Family Radio. Stay tuned. back with the family show on Holy Family Radio and we're talking about love relationships. We we are, right? We've been, we've been talking about experiencing and embracing this, this love connection with Christ and I think the last decade or more, and I hate to be critical, but, but I think the last decade or more, the church has been confronting itself with the wrong urgency, right? The church thinks it has a vocations crisis, right? Specifically, not enough priests, not enough religious sisters. Mm -hmm. And I think the real urgency is building up people with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. People who first recognize and then abide in the love of Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. If we have Catholics, truly Christians, people whose very humanity is found identified in their relationship with Jesus Christ, then we will have vocations, right? We'll have priests and brothers and religious sisters and families and consecrated singles, the whole spectrum of vocations. But if we do not have people in love with Jesus Christ, we will have nothing, right? Rita Springer. Rita Springer is this incredibly gifted, blessed, praise and worship leader, right? Um, incredible degree of intimacy in her music, right? And, and when Rita was a teenager, she actually wanted to be an actress. And she was actually very good at acting. Mm-hmm. But the intriguing thing was, as an actress, Rita had this almost schizophrenic relationship with her art, right? Rita was simultaneously saying, look at me, but then also saying, look at how well I can be someone else, Mm -hmm. right? Now, at the same point in her life, Rita would be meeting up with her mother after her mom finished work, right? And and Rita would finish the day at school, come over to where her mom worked, happened to be at church, right? And Rita would wait for her mom to finish work. So what would Rita do while she was waiting? Sing. Sort of, sort of. Act. She would go, you could say she was saying, right? She she would go into the sanctuary, which was all dark. She would sit down at the piano. Only light was what was coming in through the stained glass window. And basking in the light streaming in through the stained glass window, Rita Springer would play love letters to her beloved mm. on the piano. Right? Needless to say, Rita Springer 
in her love found her vocation. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. The apostles, even, even after they were apostles, have some great stories of finding themselves, right? Thomas, I think, I, I think Thomas gets a bad rap, right? So, so Thomas is around for the agony in the garden. Jesus' arrest obviously knows of the crucifixion. Sleeps through one, then abandons Jesus for the other two, right? Then Thomas misses Jesus' first appearance, you know, post-resurrection, right? Everyone else is there for it, but not Thomas. So at this point, Thomas is in a point of unbelief, mm-hmm. Right? despair, desperation, you know, Jesus couldn't be back. That's at the bottom of, of what he's saying about, I need to put my hand in the side and, and fingers and, and nail wounds. Jesus couldn't be back. But even if he were back, Jesus could never be back for me. Mm-hmm. So Jesus shows up again. This time Thomas is there. And as, as John would tell the story, Jesus seems this time particularly tuned in to who? Thomas. Yes. Right? So Thomas is all... He addresses him. Exactly. Exactly. So Thomas is all agitated. He's all anxious. The doors, the windows, they're all locked up. How do you get in here? But Jesus... Exactly. But Jesus gets in anyway. I don't care that the doors and the windows are all locked up. Jesus gets in anyway. And the great thing is, and we missed this, The first thing Jesus says to all of them, but I think to Thomas in particular, Jesus says to Thomas, peace be with you. Yeah. Are you worried I'm not real, that I don't love you, that I won't be with you? Then then reach inside me. Mm -hmm. Reach inside my side. Reach inside the nail wounds, right? Think about intimacy. Exactly. Exactly. It's not just look at it. Reach inside, reach inside and touch me. Reach inside and touch yeah. me. That's right. Reach inside and touch me so that I once more may be consumed yeah. by mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Right? Father Clark observed that at St. Matt's last week that there are, are steps towards sainthood, right? Rungs on the sainthood ladder. Okay. Right? And I think the same is true with a vocation. Right? You don't have a vocation until first you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. There's your foundational rung. You can't have a life in the church until you're attached to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. Right. Right? Bishop, Bishop Barron, right, Robert Baird observed the other day, love is an escape from the black hole of ego. Right. Ooh. Talk about just getting a big stick and hitting you with it, right? Um, love is an escape. You must have watched the Grammys. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go. Well, interesting. You make the music connection, right? Rich Mullins, Christian musician, right, has a great rediscovering vocation story, right? So Rich starts out in Christian music pretty much without any aspirations at all, right? He's just playing for God. But someone sends one of Rich's songs to Amy Grant. Amy Grant wants to record it. It becomes a huge hit. Rich is suddenly out in Nashville. He's writing songs, gets a three-record contract with a big Christian label. And all of a sudden, Rich is feeling all this pressure to write his next hit song. Right? How can he be cute? How can he be clever? Rich is asking him some of these questions. What do people want to hear? 
he is actually making some, some I think, great songs, right? Um, but no one is buying his first two albums, okay. right? Right, And no sales, no new contract, right? Before the third album, which is likely to be his last album, because nobody's buying the other ones, right? He goes on this mission trip to the mountains of Thailand, right? Mm. And he really hits it off with the people there, and he decides he's done with Christian music, right? He's found his true vocation. He just wants to spend his life showing people they are loved by God, mm-hmm. right? Comes back to the stage, records the last album, doesn't even try to be clever, right? Doesn't need a hit, doesn't need another album. He just records 10 songs to tell people that they are loved by God, that, that God is a God worth loving passionately. On that album, you have Awesome God, which is selected greatest Christian pop song of all time. It's I got, do like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Three other songs on that album all went to the top ten in the chart. Right? Wow. The album is hugely successful. Right? Needless to say, Rich records more music. Right? Um, he's renewed. His contract is renewed. But the interesting thing is his vocation never changes again. Mm-hmm. His vocation remains for the rest of his life. I want to spend my life showing people they are loved by God. Mm-hmm. Right? So, what a great vocation. Yeah. yeah. And what a different motivation mm-hmm. from the first time he went after writing music, what's going to hit, what's mm-hmm. popular, what's going to sell. Then he goes and says, no. Does a complete turnaround. And because his motivation is to how do I use my music to love God, to help others love God? All of a sudden, things change. You, it's, it's, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it, it's so much about motivation. I mean, you go back yeah. to Rita's story, right? And Rita thinks that I've got I've to be someone else yes. to get people to look at me. Right. And I need people to look at me. Mm-hmm. And yet, she starts saying, this is, about, this is about showing people that they want to love God. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people are looking at Rita, and Rita's saying, you need to look at me, right? And they can't stop looking at him, because through her, yes. they see right. the Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it comes back to, like, just, you know, I'm bringing up your own kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say it's ne- they're never too young to start that Jesus loves you. And they pick up like a sponge, you know, and if you have any pictures or statues in your house, you bring them to church, they recognize very soon. And you just have to keep that going. And they will see through you. If you bring God, you can bring it out into the, you know, you go outside for a walk or, you know, it's just, they have to have that message. That has to be the foundation Mm -hmm. of our life. Mm -hmm. There's no joy outside of it. No. Not that it's long lasting. And they have to have that message strong before they step into a school. Yes. Mommy, daddy, grandma, grandpa, does God love me like you do? Yeah. If he does, I want to be loved by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking the other day because uh, people that don't have that experience mm-hmm. of a good mom or mm-hmm. a good dad or grandparents, I, I thought to myself, maybe a good exercise would be. Write down all those qualities that you think would make for a good parent, mm-hmm. a good grandparent. Mm-hmm. 
And then you'll get a good idea of who God is. Mm-hmm. Even if you haven't experienced that right. in your own family right. and you're growing up, if you take the effort, take the time to contemplate the qualities that you believe that a good father, a good mother, good grandparents would have, God is that and more. Right, and he's there for you. And it's real. Let him find you. Like Thomas, let him let him come to even if the doors are locked. If you let him find you, he will find you and he will his love will transform you. Get caught. Get caught. We are out of time, but we invite you to join us every week on Friday at 1230 AM 724, The Family Show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brendan, Randy, Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman. 